the other day, I was listening to uh, the Higher Learning podcast, and in this episode, they had a guest, Slim Thug. Van Lathan asked Slim Thug, who was Texas top five? And he went on to say, okay, before you name Texas top five, let me give you Louisiana starting five. He named his five and even threw in BG as a sixth man. Slim Thug said, okay, I'll give you my five. Slim Thug said, you know, UGK, so Bum B and Pimp C. One and two. He said Scarface. Three. Then he said uh, Travis Scott, because he's from Houston. Four. And then he also said Meg the Stallion. What was Baron's reaction? Oh, no, that was a good list. That was a tough list. That beat Van's list, because no, Van what was, said... What was Van's reaction? He was lost for it, because he forgot Travis Scott. Was, <laughs> Travis Scott was the X Factor. He forgot Travis Scott is from Houston. Every time you hear Travis Scott's name, you think of, you know, Cali, because that's where he lives now. But right. he's from Houston. But I say that to say this. When he, when Slim, and again, when they brought up that conversation... All I was thinking about, like, state for state, if you had to put a starting five, which would be the toughest states to beat? And Texas is up there because they have so many good artists. And if, if we was doing the playoff, in my opinion, the, the states that are toughest to beat, the states that would make the Final Four, Western and Eastern Conference Finals, if you will, it would be New York, Atlanta. Okay, that's the East. That's the East. And then you would have Cali and Texas. I think those four states produce the best artists in rap. But I say all that to say this. After hearing this song for Meg, Slim Thug putting her in that top five was warranted. That woman can rap rap. I mean, aside from all the gimmicks of her being cute and sexy and all this and that, I mean, if you've never seen Meg at all and just listen to her words, she can rap. She can pick beats. She can rap. She can, she, she has, she knows how to ride a beat. Her cadence and flow is dope. She nasty, man. She nasty with it. And uh, if that boy say something back to her, which I think he will, one, I think he's an idiot through and through, complete dumbass. From the moment it happened to now, everything he's done was the wrong thing. Like at every fork in the road, he went left. He every never, time. Every time. Every fork in the road he came to, he went left. Now, I think he's going to respond. Because this ain't the first time a girl sent the diss to him. So, a while ago, this dude, uh, Pillow Talking, mentions how he has sex with Dream Doll. After that, Dream Doll responded with the diss to him. A warranted diss. And I'm not going to lie. It was a good diss song. So this ain't the first time he, he publicly feuded with the woman. With that being said, I do think he's going to pick the left fork in the road in this instant and say something back to this woman. One, I think is stupid because, dude. Let's be clear. We're talking about, you're talking about Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez. And the song you were talking about that you just listened to was Meg Thee Stallion's Shots Fired. Yes, indeed. That's, that, that's what this topic is about. So I think, I'm not going to lie. Musically, the, the guy is talented. Agreed. I, I was I just a fan. Yeah, I just don't think he has all his common sense. Common sense isn't common with him. It's a superpower because it's so rare now. Right. And I think he's going to 
He's going to say something back to this woman, which is going to be stupid because you have a pending case. There's no reason for you. One, you should be laying the fuck low. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's doing this quarantine radio again. He is. He is. I, I remember quarantine radio at its heights was getting like almost 2 million views at a time at its height. And I think the last one he did, I think he did like probably like 38,000. At its peak, people would say he was doing the best out of everybody in quarantine. He landed a YouTube deal to do virtual concerts because Quarantine Radio was doing so well. Yep. And then this happened. What I didn't realize was how long ago? Eight months ago. Damn, well, we've been in quarantine for a fucking long time. Well, think about it. We're in the 11th month. Quarantine started in, the, in March. 11th the fucking month. Jesus Christ. We're in the 11th month of the year. Quarantine started in March. You're right. You're right. You're right. Eight months. Not only are we in the 11th month of the year, it's the month is almost over. Already. Thanksgiving's around the corner. It's already been a year since COVID was, was announced, wasn't it? Yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's over been there. a year since COVID was announced. And we're still dealing with this shit. Back to the point I was making. It'll be stupid for him to say something to her because of, because of everything that's going on around this pending case. And two, it's a sucker move to make a diss song towards a woman. Just period. It's just a sucker move, in my opinion. He made a whole album. Calling her a liar. You know, I didn't know that because I didn't listen to it. I, I, I was under the impression it was one song, which I thought that was a sucker move, too. And I think we was on record saying that on this podcast. It was a sucker move. You didn't know that it was an album? I didn't know he dissed her throughout the whole album. I thought he, he did it in one song. No, he talked about her. He called her, you know, he denied all the things, calling her a liar through most of it. Not not overly calling her a bitch and nothing like that. Like, he don't come out of, you know, out the side of his mouth. But, I mean, he still, like, all, all intents and purposes, the, the signs seem to point to you shot that girl. However you did it, you shot her. So it still going off and denying it, writing a whole album and doing all of that. Like for one, you fucking yourself in your own case. For two, what do you think is really going to happen with all of this shit going down? I, I hate to bring him up. Like I really, really do hate to bring him up and bring him into this situation. But years ago, we're talking over a decade at this point, Chris Brown had a situation. Chris Brown had a situation and guess what? When all this shit was going down, he was trying to get with his girl. They kind of reunited a little bit, but that shit fell apart. But all that shit was happening on the hush-hush. Even when social media, social media was around. This wasn't like some new shit. And he went and sat the fuck down throughout that whole, like you didn't hear nothing about him till afterwards he made a little album, did a little thing and moved the fuck on. Like at this point, though, you need to go somewhere and shut the fuck up. Just go sit down. And then, if I'm not mistaken, Megan also made reports that he tried to pay her off to say that the shooting didn't happen. Bro, first of all, Megan's having a, an amazing week, okay? She was on the cover of GQ, listed as the rapper of the year. Congrats to her. In that interview that you're referring to, that's what she says, that that Tori tried to pay her and her homegirl off. She doesn't know who, if her homegirl took it because now her homegirl's flip-flopping and they not connected no more. So... <laughs> Maybe the homegirl did take the money. So we had the GQ cover. 
she released her debut album, which is crazy to me because Meg has put out like multiple projects at this point, but you got it. It's so weird because back in our, back in the day, it used to be like a, a, a dividing line. Like you used to know mixtape was here. Albums were over here, but now it was people- mixtape. And if there was a song on that mixtape that really hit that song would then become a single. Right. And then it was album. That was usually how the timeline worked out. You would drop your mixtape, and then if someone on that mixtape really caught, and it was getting a lot of buzz in the streets or whatever, then eventually it'll make its way to radio, where you get your commercial success. And then on top, that they finished off your rollout with your album. Like, hey, your your name is in the street. People know about you. They're listening to your music. Give them an album now. And that was pretty much how it worked. But now, music operates a bit differently. Now you, one, mixtapes don't sound like mixtapes anymore. Mixtapes sound like polished work. I remember I first noticed the trend. I want to say it was early 2010s, maybe, when Big Crit. I want to say it was so far gone, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that was around that time, because so far gone dropped around the same time Big Crit was here dropped. And for both of those pieces, I thought they were albums. But when they said it was mixtapes, it was like, dude, the mixtapes I was used to hearing was like Lil Wayne's mixtapes or some of the lesser artists weren't as good mixtapes where the music didn't sound as polished. It sounded a bit grainy, if that makes sense. Or for one, they would rap on somebody else's beat. That was the common mixtape thing. Whatever hot singles that was floating through the streets at the time, you would take those hot beats and you would spit your 16 on it. And that way, that's how you showed your skills. But it got to the point where these artists, especially the artists who could produce as well, they was mixing, they was producing and mixing their own stuff and putting it out on mixtapes. And it sounded like polished work. And honestly, in my opinion, I prefer their mixtapes over some of their albums because once, once the labels got a hold of their album, it had to follow a formula. You had to have a street anthem on it. You had to have a song for the ladies on it. You had to have your single. And everybody's album kind of followed that formula. Whereas their mixtape, it was all them. It was all of their creative experience and their creative uh, direction on it. So you would get the raw artists on their mixtape. And in my opinion, that was that was the best way to receive an artist because you got them at their best because they was just doing what they were comfortable with. You got them in their comfort zone, the whole album or the whole project, I should say. But going back to what we were saying nowadays, it's not like that. I mean, you can, you can unload single after single after single. Um, honestly, I don't, I'm not in the music industry like that, but I don't know what's the, uh, the incentive for dropping a large project like an album. Um, because I don't know how the units are divvied out. Like, okay, before, if somebody dropped an album, it would count per unit sold, per album sold, would judge how well you did. But now everything's on streams. Let's say she drops a 10 song project, an album, if you will. Let's say I listen to it and only like three of those songs and I download it to my you know, iTunes library. If, even if I listen to those three songs over and over again, how does that count towards her sales or towards it's a stream. Streams count. Streams count. Streams bring in money. Like, if you're listening to an album 
Like it's different. If I put out one song, you only got one song. You either gonna like this song or you not gonna like this song. Right. I put out a project, get a, at least three to four, maybe five songs might catch you. And you gonna stream five of them bitches. That's the difference. But does that count as an, okay, so you still hear the term, her album sold, you know, 200,000 this week or his album sold 150,000 this week. Does me downloading those three songs that don't happen to be singles, does that count towards an album sale? It counts toward a stream sale. And streams are, there's a, there's some calculation where it counts toward the overall album. I'm going to be honest with you. All that shit is confusing to me. Well, that's why we're not in the music industry. That's why we sit up here on the podcast. You're right. You're right. I'm going to stick to what I know, which is. Hey, stick to to what you know. Also, Megan has her Fashion Nova collection that she released, you know, right after she released her album, you know, riding the wave. And in the first 24 hours, she sold $1.2 million worth of merchandise. That is ridiculous. Is it on Fashion Nova's website under like the tag uh, for, for Megan? Most definitely. Wow. And is it like plus size clothing? Since she would be considered a plus size woman. Uh, from what I see, she also had a plus size model in there. Her name is Tabria Majors. Big, big time plus size model. She, is that the Latin woman? Like she's light skinned? No, she's black. Kind of? She's black. Okay. I'm thinking of somebody else now. Yeah, there's another plus size model. I don't know model. these models by name, so please forgive me. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I know Tabria Majors. The only Major. one I know is Takara. Whatever happened to her? I hope she's doing okay. I I think she's doing like TV and stuff like that. I know she was like hosting and shit like that. Um, but yeah, like on top of that, she dropped her video for one of the songs off the album called Body. I don't know if you've seen that, but bruh, you need to watch that. Okay. I'll matter of fact, up. guys, matter of fact, guys, we're going to pause right here. And you're going to get oh, Frank's yeah. live reaction right after this. Five minutes later. I mean, is this a Hype Williams video or something? Who did the video? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tiller. He used to do a lot of Chris Brown videos uh, a little while back. The video is dope. Like I said before, man, the woman can rap, bruh. I don't know how else to say it. Like, she is good. And not to mention, she is fine as fuck. Fine as fuck. And everybody she had in that shit, in that video, was fine as fuck, too. She had Taraji. She had Bernice Burgos. She had Black China. I mean... Some people may still find Angela fine. Uh, Jordan That's Woods. That's her real name? Yeah, Angela. Okay, I didn't know that. Look, look. <laughs> when, when the stripper have a regular ass name. Like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, Megan is dope, man. She's one of my favorite artists for, for the, I mean, for multiple reasons. Again, I mean, she looked good and all, but she can rap rap. Like, she is, she's awesome. You giving her the rapidy rap? She get rapidly rap label? Yeah. She could put words together very well. Very well. Now, when I say rapidly rap, I don't mean people who do conscious rap. No. I mean, people who do conscious rap often fall in that rapidly rap category. What I mean rapidly rap is people who can, who are clever, who have, who have good punchlines, who, uh, I mean, again, they can string words along very well. They can just rap really well. I don't mean rapid to rap. I know when I gave that uh, description last time, I used people like Kendrick and stuff. And it's like, 
true, they do fall under that category, but it's not limited to them. It's people who can rap very well. Now, there's people who can rap very well that I wouldn't necessarily put in rapidly rap categories like Young Thug. Young Thug can rap, and the way he raps is dope. I wouldn't put him... I, w- I would say, does he... Would I put him in rapidly rap? He can rap his ass up, but I don't... No, I'll take that back. He's not a rapper. Who's a good rapper that I would say rapper rap, but it's not necessarily conscious? Besides Megan. Um I say Fab. Fab, thank you. Perfect. Because Fab can Fab can spit. Like Fab, have you ever listened to the soul tapes? I haven't. I probably pulled a song or two from him. Um I know his last song that I that I've been playing that I like a lot was the song Bombs. Back on mm. my bullshit. Yeah. Let me tell and you. It, it has that Jordan. You know, remember when Jordan played for the Chicago Bulls? They had that. Dun, 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 dun. That's mm-hmm. the, the beat of the song. It shit is hard. Fab can rap his ass off. Yeah. Fab, to me, Fab's best projects are the soul tapes. Like, those are his best bodies of work. Now, Fab, Fab can rap. Fab got hits. I'm not talking about his hits. But I'm talking like full bodies of work. If you ever get a chance, go listen to Soul Tape 1 and 2 classics classic mixtapes if you go on look if you go on i'm gonna throw you back if you go on dat piff right now soul tapes stay up in rotation because people still go back and listen to them things i was on dat piff earlier this week so tuesday i had to go to uh gainesville so preparing for my trip to gainesville i downloaded a couple of albums not albums, I guess you call it projects that were mixtapes that I haven't heard in a while that I really wanted to hear. One being Lil Dicky, uh, his project So Hard. And then the other two was Saha the Prince, Royal Flush, and Royal Flush 2. I haven't heard those in a while and I really wanted to listen to them. So I downloaded them on my way up to a game. It was about a four and a half hour drive. I played them. Um, that piff changed a bit from what I remember. I used to be able to download uh the mixtapes off to a, a zip file and then that way I can upload it into uh iTunes but can't do that anymore with certain mixtapes. I guess with the mixtapes that are in high demand, they don't let you do that anymore. No, because they have their app and they want you to use their app. That's what it is now. That's what I figured. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So I just downloaded them onto the app. Now they're in my library within the app and I can listen to them that way. Which I'm I'm fine with that. Long as I get to hear the songs I want to hear, I'm good. That's Piff still so so ride with me. Like I keep the the app myself. I still go back and listen to some mixtapes. Sometimes you can discover some new shit. Cause I, I mean honestly, that's where we used to discover new artists back in the day off of before mixtapes. there was SoundCloud. Yeah, right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, and all those. Wait, before you bring it in, I'm just curious to know. Earlier we talked about each state starting five. I'm just curious to know if you had to put a starting five together for Florida, who would your starting five be? For Florida? Yeah, just Florida. You're from Florida. I'm not going to ask you I'm to do every from, state. I'm not from Florida. I'm from Miami. You're from Miami. Got you. I like, I, you this is the second time to... you disrespected I just wanted to check you because it's the second time you disrespected me. When was the first? You disrespected me about this on, on some previous episodes. I'm not from Florida. I'm from Miami. Miami, that's in Dade County. That's that's where Miami is located. I don't, I don't know where that is. Got you. All right. So if you had to put a starting five together for that state that's on the southeast region of the country, who would your starting five be? Am I allowed to include people from Miami? Because uh, Yeah, you can include people much. from Yeah, you could include people from Miami. 
Rappers. Rappers. Yeah. It's, I want to be specific and say rappers. Uh, hmm. Starting five. Rick Ross. Okay. Off, off, like, off the rip. Trick Daddy. Okay. Off the rip. Um, rapper, rappers. I feel like I'm missing some people. I'm going to definitely put Trina in there. Okay. Got to make sure the ladies get their representation. Okay. Trina can spit. Like, let's not. No, no she can rap. Let's Period. not. She, she's good. Um, hey, I almost fucked around and said DJ Laz. Because, <laughs> <laughs> see, I put a starting five together. I want to see how, how many people our list share. So okay. far, you three for three. Okay. So we, okay, three for three. Um, hmm. Man, you you really put me on the spot. You could have uh, gave a nigga a thought beforehand, so it could have put something together. Uh, damn. Uh, I'm gonna throw. I'm definitely gonna throw Plies in there because okay. Plies to make sure that Plies to make sure the shit stay funny. He gonna hit you with a couple. I'm not throwing Luke and them in there. Understood. As much as I as much as I respect what Pitbull has done with his life, like for real, for real, but Pitbull don't rap. That's just my opinion. He raps, but he's more on the pop artist side of things. Him, Flo Rida, I throw them in a whole. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, they're more pop. They make they make arena stadium music, you right? Know, stuff like that. They don't make like music for me to sit down and listen to. Uh, did I say I can't throw the I can't throw uh, JT and, and Young Miami in there? I don't think they deserve yet. Okay. Matter of fact, because whole problem ain't no problems. I'm gonna go ahead and throw oh. JT money in that bitch. Okay, that's the only one we had different. <laughs> so here I go, just to make a clip, run it off one more time. Rick Ross, Trick Daddy, Trina, Plies, and JT Money. Okay, my five was Rick Ross, Trick Daddy, Trina, Plies, and the one we differed on. I picked T Pain. Okay, okay, rapper turned singer. Um, all right, I'm gonna give you that T Pain, but T Pain, that's such a you know, it's funny. I, I thought about him, but I just I put him out of my mind because T Pain has worked his whole career trying to get people to respect his singing, which, he, yes. which he's gotten better on. No, but he can sing, but the man can spit like you. He, I, he had to go on the list, had to, he had, he had to be there. And then if I, if we were doing a six man. I gave it to Pitbull because he could rap. But now, if we was doing music artists, then Pitbull is in the starting five. He's oh, one definitely. of the biggest artists that come out of Miami, period. But in this rap conversation, nah, not really. I, I, you could stay over there. Yeah. But yeah, you could bring it to the table. Now, I just wanted to pick your brain on that. All right, man. Want to chop it up? Yeah, man. Let's chop it up. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, episode. 25. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be... Frank, let's chop it up. Let's chop it up, man. Yo, I, I just want to bring this to the table real quick. So earlier this week, Twitter decided that they were going to add stories to Twitter, and they decided to, to call it Fleets. I, fleets? I'm sorry. I just, the, the name is just weird to me and nobody's still been able to explain it to me. I understood Twitter and tweets. That It made sense. It was a little weird when we were younger, but it made sense. 
but fleets is it just because it rhymes because other than that i don't understand the correlation the way i've made sense of it it's a fading tweet because they don't stay long but it's not even a tweet it's it's just a it's an instagram story i know but i guess they try to be cute with the name man i don't know here's my thing hey y'all added stories cool but I'm still asking for a way to edit a tweet after I send it. Like, I've been asking for that. I don't think they should add an edit button. I'm one of those people. And the reason I feel they shouldn't add an edit button, because think about it. Let's say if you, if somebody put out a tweet that a lot of people would agree with. Let's say, hey, I love my mom. People could like and love it and retweet that. Then they go back and edit it and put all hell Satan. Now it just look like all y'all co-signed to that shit. Bro, if, if your tweet gets edited... You you got to start over from the beginning. You oh, so don't get that's no how... retweets. You don't get no likes. You got to start it fresh. It just oh. it's that's just my in my head. That's how you change. That's it. how you would do it. Okay. That's how you fix that. That's how okay. you. Okay. But all I'm asking is a way to edit my tweet when autocorrect decide to say some other shit instead of what I wanted to say. It's starting to annoy me a little bit, and it's a small and like I'm not like overly annoyed. Every app doesn't have to do everything. Like, I'm already tired of Instagram being every app ever. Like, Instagram is the picture app. No, no, no. Instagram. Instagram is the picture app. They couldn't buy Snapchat. They started stories. Well, you know, Facebook owns Instagram. Agreed, agreed. But I'm talking about, they're using, you have Facebook who, who who took the stories portion, but everything else, when they just wanna like steal something from another company, they throw it all in Instagram. Facebook started that. I understand that Instagram is owned by Facebook. What I'm saying is Facebook, with a lot of these newer apps, because they know Instagram is the hipper app compared to the parent company, Snapchat is running. They threw it into Instagram first before Facebook adopted it, right? After they shot it I see your point now. I see. Okay. Got it. Okay. You see how they're doing the reels, which is annoying as shit to me. Real quick. Help me understand. What's the difference between a reel and a story? Okay, ready? A reel is something you post and it stays in your, it stays like an actual post. A story lasts for 24 hours and it's gone. So a reel is something you actually post to your to your Instagram profile. Okay. Now the reels are stories that are, are like, are little videos that- I, So they're, they're like about, stories that never vanishes in other words. Uh, usually this is where people do their- quote unquote TikTok dances and little voiceover things that you get from TikTok. That whole TikTok vibe they're trying to bring to Instagram. So literally as you're watching the video, once the video's done, it'll just go to the next video and then go to the next video. Now they're not always your videos. They're in this timeline of reels videos. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, Instagram doing more shit than I think it necessarily needs to. But regardless, every app doesn't need to do everything. That's all I'm saying. Like I kind of liked Twitter for being what it was. It it was bare bones down to what it was. Now, have I used the the fleet? Sure, to promote the podcast. Why? Because it's a business tool. It is what it is. But outside of that, I just don't don't see the point of it. What am I going to record myself and then talk on there and then the same thing it just i get it people want to be able to put their media on all the platforms reach everybody that they can and maybe that's the the thought but 
it's just like, damn, it's just a lot. Like it's, it's starting to be like, all of them starting to look the same. So why do I have multiple apps at this point? Right. Isn't that, what's the difference? I might as well just all that Instagram needs to do is start adding a function where I could just type in posts. Oh wait, they already did that in stories. Cause I, if I wanted to, to write something, I could just post it in my stories. It'll just go away. You know what I think it'd be funny. And I wouldn't be surprised if this happens. Another developer is going to come along and create the base of each app that's out. So what I mean by that, somebody's going to come along with a picture app. Hey, hey, I, hey, hey, Frank, stop, stop. We talk about this after. Nah, we ain't going to shoot this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all hear Frank trying to throw out some IP? No. <laughs> nope. Moving on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, sir. No, that sounds like money right there. Okay. Sticking to what you were saying, I agree. It's it seems like all the innovation is gone. Um after MySpace hit the scene and we all kind of got the social media bug, if you will, and we all jumped on it. Everything after that that came out, it was a noticeable difference that made you flock to it. And each social media app after that was unique in its own way. And now they just seem to just absorb one another, especially the bigger ones. I mean, not only if they can't buy out their competition, they just do whatever the competition does. And then the one app that like for, let's use Instagram, for example, we liked Instagram because you was able to post pictures and you can see what was going on chronologically with your friends. And it was cool. It was simple. It was like, it was like a live photo album. And whenever you wanted to take a glimpse of whatever your friends were doing, you just visit their photo album, scroll through it. You can like stuff, write a, you know, a quick comment. That was it. It wasn't, it was simple, easy. Now, when I, now when I scroll Instagram, I see just as many ads for shit as I do my friend stuff. And right. then the algorithms annoy me so much. I just want to see stuff in chronological order. There's no reason why I'm seeing stuff on the top of my feed that was posted 18 hours ago from somebody I don't even interact with that much. And it's like, why am I seeing this shit? And then every other post is, again, it's advertisements for something I might've looked at, whether it was some Nikes or some DeWalt tools or some shit. And it's like, stop trying to sell me shit. So what I went on that website, that doesn't mean I'm trying to buy shit through this app. If I wanted to buy it, I would have bought it on Nike.com when I was there. Or so what you mentioned it having a conversation and your phone heard you and was like, I'm going to add that to your Instagram feed. How often does that happen to you? Because that happens to my wife all the time. It's all based on the settings of your phone. If you record videos or take a picture using Instagram, they want you to turn on your mic. And by turning on your mic, the app has access to hear. Oh, okay. So if she has that on, that's why it always picks up. Now, sometimes I turn it off, like, but there's times I forget. But I am curious to know what's the next social media app that everybody flocks to is going to be. Well, right now we're in the middle of the TikTok. The, the TikTok. Uh, but see, I said everybody. I don't think everybody's really floating the TikTok like that. Because like with Facebook, 
at Facebook peak, younger people were attracted to Facebook and then older people were attracted to Facebook. I'm talking about the next app that's, that is that big where two different generation of people are saying, hey, this is cool. I don't mind interacting on this particular platform. So I'm wondering what's that app going to look like? I'm telling you, I think it's TikTok. Really? Yeah. Because of the experience that we should, that we have, we should know when the youth start to flock somewhere, eventually that becomes the place. So that's what Instagram is trying to keep from happening by just adopting TikTok into reels because they know eventually that migration is going to, because I mean, to be honest, Instagram kind of, even though Snapchat kind of killed themselves with that whole thing with Rihanna, but Instagram by adopting stories, like honestly, how often do you even go on Snapchat? I, I have a Snapchat. I might've logged in maybe three times. Snapchat never appealed to me because I was never a fan of posting video. I'm still, st- I'm still very cautious on posting photos. Like if you look at my Instagram feed, it's not many photos. I'm ve- and I take a bunch of pictures. I'm just very cautious on what I put out there. And for some reason, the whole short video stuff didn't, didn't appeal to me. Vine was cool. I had a Vine. I wasn't active in Vine. But I like looking at other people's vines. I thought Vine was the app for creators, especially comedic creators. Cause think of Vine with a little bit more time. Now your whole screen, that's TikTok. Oh. It's the evolution of that. Oh, okay. That that actually helps me understand it a bit better. Not only are you know the kids out there doing their TikTok dances, but people who are content creators on Instagram literally are just like, here's another app. Let me go build a following over there at its inception. So they've been like, some people have more followers on TikTok now than they have on Instagram and they've been on Instagram because they jumped on at its inception and really grew their following because now learning through Instagram, like they did as content creators, they knew how to make that shit grow. I'm telling you, I think TikTok will be the it will be the wave. We're just coming off of we're about to be if you stay on Instagram. Well, I'm not saying Instagram is dead, guys. Like, let me make that clear. It's still my app of choice. If I was like my social of choice. But not mine. I like Twitter. Twitter is fun. But TikTok is that wave. Several years ago, when I used to listen to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, Charlemagne had Gary V on there. And he was talking about talks about his business stuff you know what motivates him and blah 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 and i forgot how the topic came up and i think that was asking him so gary v what you think the next wave is going to be or something like that some along those lines because he i believe he's an angel investor and sometimes those type of investors they get a heads up on you know tech uh startup tech that they can invest on so tech we don't know what's coming out they get a heads up on it and they can invest on the ground floor so he mentioned TikTok. He was like, man, this thing is going to be huge. Um, and the way he gauged it, I believe he gave his kids access to it. He let them play around on it. And he said the way his kids took to it, he knew that, hey, this is going to blow up. And when he mentioned it, I remember listening to that episode. I was like, TikTok, okay. And it meant nothing to me when I heard it. And now that I hear people keep talking about it, I was like, oh, I do recall him being the first person to say that this was going to blow up. And the way he gauged it, he gave it to his kids and he wanted to see 
what their response was going to be. And the fact that his kids took to it, he knew that, okay, if my kids can gravitate to this like this, gravitate towards this application like this, I'm confident that more kids around the world are going to do the same and this is going to blow up. So I believe there's a lot of truth to what you say about the youth flocking somewhere and then the world following behind the youth. It, it's the, it's literally, we did it. Our parents and them weren't, weren't trying to be on no social. I'm not posting stuff on there. People knowing all my business, all that, you know how they used to be now. If you don't post something on Facebook, my mom, my mom texting me, Hey, your sister told me you got a picture on Instagram. When are you going to send it to me so I can post it on my Facebook? <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I didn't post it on Facebook because I very rarely post things on Facebook. Um, and also, just, you know, to be honest with y'all, my mom not my friend on Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> Why? That's your mom. Because when my mom joined Facebook and didn't understand the boundaries of Facebook, where it was just like, she just going to post whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever little <laughs> childhood photo that she thought was cute, but the rest of the world is like, God damn, Marvin. So and she tagged you in these photos? We were never we were never friends because back in the day, I used to talk a little reckless on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> back in the day, and I was like, "Mom, you don't really need to you don't you don't need to hear what I gotta say. Like <laughs> anything you really need to hear, you need to hear coming out of my mouth. You don't really need to hear what I gotta say. So let's let's not even let's not even do it. You not, you don't need to be my friend on Facebook. You my family in real life." <laughs> So you knew you was on some bullshit, and instead of correcting your ways, you just kind of figured, you know what? I keep my mother away from my bullshit. I Is mean, that right? I mean, if you say it like that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but you make an interesting point. The youth are the wave. Now, what that makes me think about now, would that particular trend carry over into other parts of our life? So. When we grew up, basically, we, we followed our elders. Whatever the elders did, we followed behind them. Now, do you think our generation would be the generation to hire a younger president and start to hire younger people in roles of leadership? Hiring, or I'm not hiring, but electing people that are old enough to have experience to, to fulfill these roles, but yet young enough to still connect to the youth. Do you we're think all, we're already that generation? The AOCs, the I think this year they elected the youngest uh congressman ever already. This year, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. But like Do you remember how old he is? I want to say he's in his 20s. Oh wow, he's that young. Okay. Yeah, so like we can't, we're already that generation where we know. Well, we know, hey, you and me, we're capable. So I know somebody else my age is capable. I don't always have to look to older people thinking they know everything because they have already proven to us they don't know shit. So I'm gonna, I, I'd rather somebody who grew up in a generation who's a lot less racist than the generation of the past. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this. Now, especially this last uh, election year, um, well, this current election year, we saw a lot of advertisement through television. That's how they were connecting with the, a large, a large majority of their campaign strategy was through TV. So I'm, I'm asking you, when do you think 
that shift would happen where a large portion of their campaign strategy would be would be put forward through social media instead of television already, and radio. They're already doing that. They're already doing that. The only, the main reason why they put so much into TV. But when I say that, I don't mean like Facebook ads. I mean them going viral with their tweets or them going viral with a TikTok and stuff. Where have you, where have you been? Uh, I've been your, on Twitter. Your, your president on Twitter, your president on Twitter goes viral all the time. That asshole lost. I'm, I understand that. But, but no, you're right. You're right. He's been the king but of the going thing viral. Is, honestly, on... I, you're absolutely right. I take that back. I don't pay attention to him that much on Twitter, except for the only the few tweets that do come across my timeline. However, now that you mention that, yeah, his tweets does have tens of thousands of retweets and likes. So yeah, you're and right. And then not only do they get hits on social media, they talk about them on on the actual media on television and all of that but you got to also remember russia and all the probes were using facebook and all that other shit to advertise like they were already using the internet and social media in social engineering to get us to vote a certain way they've already done that they've been on that believe me they spent a large amount of their money on that just that no. now the people who they're focused on who watches because think about it our generation we don't watch commercials any regular TV show that comes on TV, I fast forward through every commercial. I watch it usually after it's recorded or 30 minutes into the recording if it's an hour long show and then I press play so I never have to watch commercials. So there's a lot of times where I don't see shit. The people they're trying to capture are the people who usually in the past vote more, which is the older crowd. The older crowd, they didn't have to worry about us back in the day because young people weren't really voting. I'm talking in the 90s, like back then. No, you're right. And the thing is, the reason I didn't think of 45 when asking this question, because I was thinking of somebody who tweeted organically. Not to say his tweets aren't organic, but someone who tweeted organically and engaged people where it was like an actual person tweeting and not someone just shouting their thoughts out into the world. Because when he tweets, that's what it seems like. He's just shouting his thoughts, his thoughts out into the world and people then comment and respond to his thoughts. I'm thinking of someone who will say something and as people feed into him or her, they feed back out like AOC. If you ever looked at her Twitter feed, when people respond to her, she responds back. When people mention her, whether she's an actual mention that gets a notification or just says her initials or whatever, and she, she comes across it, she'll respond to it. Like, maybe she's going to be the person I'm referring to, someone that's youthful, someone that connects to the younger generation but is sharp enough to guide the elders and, and, and garner their respect. Maybe she's that person. We don't know yet. It could very well be her. But just curious, when that does happen, when, when, when did it start? It, it could be right now. She could be doing it now, and I just haven't realized it yet. Or maybe it's somebody that's coming up behind her that can, that is doing what I just said, that I don't know they exist yet. but. 
to your point and the points you've been making, yes, you're absolutely right. All of that has been happening. Um, it's just, I just didn't think of it because again, it doesn't seem organic. I'm thinking of someone doing it organically, but you're right. There have is people manipulating social media has long been happening from what eight years ago, maybe? Would you say eight years ago or just the election four years ago? No, I think they've been doing it for a while because as far back as uh, Obama's first term, I remember being on YouTube and and when he was running against John McCain, I believe, like I used to see, I used to see the commercials, right when YouTube started putting on commercials, what annoyed me most about the commercials was I would have to sit through these long political commercials before they gave you the skip button, right? Mm. So they've been doing this for a while. YouTube is a social media network. Like it's become like more of a media media network at this point, but YouTube really is social media. Speaking of social media, uh, your boy Pope Francis got caught looking at some ass this week on the IG. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so, first of all, I was shocked to even find out that the Pope had an Instagram. I didn't even know that was a thing. The Pope has an Instagram. He has 7.2 million followers. I was like, okay, news to me. Um, a lot of Catholics in this world. No, nah, it's the... I think of all the Christian religion, I think it's the biggest Christian religion. It is. It is. Um, so I'm not shocked that he has, you know, 7.2 million followers. I was shocked that he had an uh, Instagram in the first place. And, and when I went to his Instagram, it's not even like all that curated. Like, it's just like selfies and shit. <laughs> and whoever's running it, which I'm sure they're fired by now, but whoever was running it... <laughs> <laughs> They forgot to switch over to their account or at hey, least bro. log off of his. Uh, the Instagram model is a, a model from Brazil, a Natalia Garabato. I, I, I'm sure I'm botching her last name. I apologize. Come on. It's, it's the internet. So, you know, screenshots. It was all over the news already before the person went and unliked it to take it back. That you already, once you like something, even if you unlike it, if you're if you're that level of famous, even if you unlike it like two seconds later, it's already screenshotted. Somebody already got it. Yeah, it's already screenshotted. It's in the world already. And the Vatican swears it wasn't the Pope. And they demand that Instagram look into this to figure out who did it. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> they want Instagram to get to the bottom of this shit. And, and so look, so I have like two, I have two minds about this. So I can see the Pope, he ain't no old dude. I mean, he ain't too, too old. I can see him just scrolling a little bit, like on his, on his, on his dummy account, quote unquote, he maybe thought he was on his dummy account. And he was like, hmm, tap, tap. <laughs> and it was like, oh, sh not that the Pope cursed, but in my head, he was like, oh shit. He, he, he said, oh, shit, in that moment. <laughs> I could easily see him saying, oh, shit, in that moment. <laughs> like, let me ask this. Is it one of those posts that got multiple pictures? Oh, no, no, no. Let me be clear. Natalia is posted, turned around, ass bare. Maybe he thought it had multiple pictures and he wanted to try to click through the pictures and his thumb just hit the screen two times consecutively a little too fast. And he liked it. It was probably an accident. So he got an old thumb. He, he ain't had control of his thumb. 
That what you saying? Yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. How often has this happened to you? Well, I liked the picture and didn't mean to like it. Oh, that's happened. No, no we've all liked the picture we didn't mean to like. That's, oh, okay. That's, I don't know how often you tried to slide one of the little slider pictures and you double tapped a picture. Never. Shout. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. They asked Natalia in an interview how she felt about the Pope, you know, double tapping that ass. I mean, I just like saying double tap that ass because I think it's hilarious <laughs> that the Pope did it. Uh, and she said, I guess I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Good hey. response. Hey, I, I mean, honestly, why would you even entertain a question like that? Come on now. Well, think about it. I'd never heard of her before. I don't follow her. I now know her name. I'm sure she's taking interviews now. Cause cause he just he just spotlighted her. He's sworn to celibacy, right? He like he can never have sex, right? Not being a Catholic, I don't know that for sure. I don't know the rules either. Um, but I'm sure that looking at some ads on Instagram is kind of against the, the moral policies that he should have as a Pope. Ticketmaster, when concerts start back, Ticketmaster is, has said that they're going to require COVID-19 vaccinations before you mm. get your, your accreditations to go to said concerts. So okay. when concerts resume, you'll either have to submit proof of your vaccination or at least a negative COVID test within like a certain amount of time. I believe it's like 24 to 72 hours before they award you your, your credentials. I mean, the, this is the new norm, but again, people being how they are, that all that shit is going to get forged, whether it's a negative COVID on the news several months ago in July, when, when COVID tests were ramping up in South Florida, there was a young lady I believe they distorted her voice. Or, no, I don't even think they distorted her voice or blurred her face. She was in Miami Beach. And she happened to mention that, yeah, you can get a fake negative COVID test. And There's a black she, market for it. Like, you can go and, in the dark web and order a fake COVID test. Yeah, and she mentioned it in such a way, like, she said it like, yeah, it's not hard to get. Like, if you want it, you can, it's readily available. Like, you can make it happen. And the thing is, again, it, these are negative test results. I'm pretty sure it's it's simple text on a document where you could just say, hey, this person was tested, negative, or whatever. I'm pretty sure if you knew what font they was using, you can type it out in Word and print it out. It's not like it's these negative results or even the vaccination um, proof will have some type of... Uh, government seal on it. It's not going to be something that's hard to forge like a passport or anything. But that being said, I understand Ticketmaster trying to do their part and saying, hey, if you want to come to this concert where you're going to be in the midst of a bunch of people, you need to either be vaccinated or have a negative result. That's, I believe for the most part is them trying to cover their ass, but I'm pretty sure they understand that, hey, we're going to do our part and say that these people need to be clean in one way or another. We know that's not going to happen because people are going to lie to get in. However, if they lie, that's on them. We have our plausible deniability, deniability that says, hey, they had to prove they were clean. Now, if they lied on that proof and 
there's no way for us to catch it, that's not on us. That's on the system. You guys haven't put forward something foolproof, and we have nothing else to go off of. If that paper said they were clean, that's all we had, so we abided by it. So I think all of this was done in an attempt to cover their own ass, because imagine if you was at a concert, you contracted something, first thing you do is say, well, Ticketmaster let in the people that had COVID into this concert, now you trying to sue Ticketmaster. I think it's more than that, because right now, the, the Ticketmaster is suffering. There hasn't been a concert, there hasn't been a, a major event in eight months. Right. So to me, I think it's a little bit more than them just uh, trying to cover their ass, which is good. But I think they also are trying to find a way forward so that concerts can eventually start to come back. No, no, no. You're right. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're strapped. I wouldn't say they're strapped for catch, but like you said, they haven't made any money. Again, more than half of the year went by. Nothing happened. They need to get back to business. But understanding that, hey, if we get back to business, there's new liabilities we have to face. So let's cover our asses from these new potential liabilities and just go about. And then when concerts open up, it's not like that you're going to be making money like you did prior to COVID. If a venue held 100,000 people, you're probably only going to put 30,000 in it now because of distance restriction and so forth. So not only... Are you fighting to open back up and start these things back up? You're not even going to make the same type of money you did when once you do. So we'll see how that how that works out. Yeah, um, I know in Europe they did this thing where I saw they had like a a concert and they were like socially distanced, like they had people on platforms when they were apart from us. So like you, your group, it, it looked like with? a festival, right? Um, right, 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 right? I saw that that. That looked cool and boring at the same time, if that makes sense. Because the thing is, a, a concert environment, you want to be amongst the people. You want to you wanna be a part of the bigger picture of the venue, if that makes sense. But to be kind of is, isolated with your friends, just, it, it was cool if you're, if, if you're, uh, what's the type of, an introvert? that would probably be a cool concert experience for you. But if you like to mix and mingle with people, if you like to be a part of that bigger vibe, that didn't look too appealing. And imagine what that looked like from the artist's perspective. Well, I mean, they still had a lot more people there. They were getting a check, so I'm sure it looked great. Uh, (laughs) Because let's be real, artists make money off of touring and touring is not happening right now. That's how artists really make their money. Yeah. Artists, comedians, for me, when I saw it from the artist's perspective, I was like, it's not too bad. Like, it's not a packed house. No, but at least you got people there. I think it was like 15 people to a platform. That's not too bad. The one I saw, it was less than that. It was like five people to a platform. So maybe that was a different location I saw. Right. But like, still, you had your group of 15, 10, 15. I think the most I saw was 10. Um, they were all on their platform. I'm sure you social distance with them. These are people you're comfortable with. You're isolated away from the next group of people on the platform. To me, that, that like that's not a bad that to me that's not a bad idea. Not at least to get us started. Eventually, I think we're gonna get back to concerts normally as we understand COVID a little bit more and everything as we move forward. But for now, just to kind of get the industry going back, I I think this is a, a an interesting step. 
I'm not a hundred percent sure on how I feel about a vaccination right now. I know Pfizer just came out and announced that their their vaccine is like ninety percent effective against COVID. Um, then it was another company that came That's... out. I think they said ninety five. Right. Theirs. So I I don't know yet. I, I will cross that bridge after it's you know tested a little bit more. And I mean, I think it'll be even if it becomes available as soon as possible. I think it won't be until we're talking June, July when it's like mass produced for everybody. So from what I've heard, their goal is to have it mass produced for at least 20 million Americans by the end of the year. So they're trying to get this rolled out as quickly as possible. 20 million Americans is not a whole lot of Americans. <laughs> it's not, but that's, that's still a lot of people though. I mean, if you're look, if you're comparing the twenty million to the entire population, then no, it's, that's a small number of the population. But twenty million people is still a lot of people, and we don't even know what the side effects of these uh, vaccines are. Don't know. There's a lot we don't know, so we'll see what happens. Who's your favorite artist? All time, right now. Like, 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 if you could go to a concert right now, who would you go? Who would you go see? Kendrick. Kendrick, okay. It's a Kendrick show. Backstage passes, dinner with Kendrick. Um Oh, if I'm if I could have dinner with the person, Megan the Stallion. No, stop. Stay focused. You going with your okay. wife. <laughs> <laughs> we talking dinner with him, uh backstage pass, uh meet and greet, front row, all the best seat in the house. Are you willing to take a vaccine for that to go see Kendrick? Much as I like Kendrick, no. I'm not <laughs> doing that shit. Hell no. Nah. I don't like I don't know if I'm ready. It's I mean it's scary because ah no. I don't understand enough about medicine to feel confident enough to take that vaccine. And the reason I say that, because I understand with the flu vaccine that year in and year out, they they work on the flu vaccine and whenever the flu develops a new strand, they come with a, a vaccine to combat that strand. And basically what it is, we understand that is, I want to say is dead flu uh, viruses that they inject in you to help your, to help your body develop the antibodies to fight it. COVID is still something fairly new that we're, that we're still trying to understand from what I understand. So I get that they're telling us, hey, these, these vaccines are 90 and 95% effective. However, are you just telling us that? And why, are you, why does it feel like you're rushing it? I think out of everything, that's what makes me really uncomfortable with it. Again, I don't understand medicine as well as these scientists does. However, the fact that I feel like they're rushing it is making me uncomfortable. It's not like they're taking their time to understand it. Like, it's not like they're saying, hey, look, continue to wear your mask. We're working diligently on this. We're going to give something out to you in a reasonable time. We're going to do a lot of testing on it. We're going to figure this shit out. No, it's like, hey, we're going to have this stuff out to you in about two weeks. Hold on. What the fuck you mean two weeks? When y'all started working on this? Y'all just got on this shit the other day? And you going to give me something in a month? Don't you think you need more time to figure this shit out? Bro, I, I bet you they've been working on, I bet you Pfizer, who, I mean, Pfizer's Pfizer, like they are, they are big pharma. So I'm sure they've been working on this since COVID got started. 
they were they working on their dick pills. They weren't working on this. They was like, man, these people going to be locked in the house. These motherfuckers are going to be fucking. Let's put out them blue diamonds. That's what Viagra, they was worried about. Viagra been out, sir. And now they don't they even hold. They was pumping out more Viagra is what I'm saying. They don't even hold. I don't think they even hold the, the patent to it anymore because that's how you got those things like Blue Chew and all those other things that are out there now. Tell us more about it. What's Blue Chew? Well, if you ever listen to Brilliant Idiot Podcast, <laughs> you'll hear a lot about Blue Chew. <laughs> You ever took one of them shits? Nah. Me neither. I wouldn't mind trying just to see what it, like, see, because they say Bluetooth give you a little extra, like, uh, That's what like I heard. Boost. Like, you already, you already, like, but it give you a little, <laughs> a little boost. <laughs> you know, you straight as an arrow, and uh, they say it give, give you some energy. So it was like. That's oh, what I'm okay. saying. That's what I heard. But the thing is, I don't want to be at the hospital for an erection that lasted five hours. I mean, that's the, you know, it's funny. The nineties has, has had it. Every TV show that had Viagra in it, the nigga dick always stayed hard for eight hours. Like it was always, oh, now he got to go and get blood taken out of his, like they always made it the most extreme version. How, how often do you think they really doing that? How often do you think that's really happening for them to still be ice selling that drug? I don't know. I do know we had an older family friend. This dude was like in his eighties, older than mid eighties. That motherfucker popped a biker trying to fuck some 35-year-old. That nigga died. <laughs> Why you laugh, nigga? Like, what the fuck? Nigga <laughs> had no business taking that shit, man. <laughs> was he at least fucking at the time when he passed? Oh, yeah, he was. Well, I nigga. mean, I mean, Frank, what a, what better way to go, to be honest? Be, let's be real. Right, right. I he mean, balls deep as a pussy? Like, I mean. That shit overworked the fuck out of his heart. Hey, we keeping all this. You want to keep it? <laughs> you want to keep it? Yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> that nigga got the pumping, his heart got the pumping, and they both stopped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when we get to Heaven's Gate and we be like, who all in there? That nigga going to see me cracking them jokes. And he be like, that's the nigga that said all that slick shit on this podcast. <laughs> Tell that nigga go home. <laughs> Yeah, man, that light-skinned nigga he was laughing with. Send them both back. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you coming with me. You laughed look, at the I'm going to look back like, I know I am, I'm not light-skinned. <laughs> I'm brown. It always be the nigga looking back. Nah, nigga, it's you. Ain't no need for you to look back. <laughs> you FIU. That's when they, they start calling out shit on your clothing. You FIU, Golden Panther, we talking about you. Trying to look for a nigga with another <laughs> FIU shirt. Look, 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 hey, me that took my little sweater off, dash that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> want talking about me? <laughs> Definitely want to talk about me. God can't even see all the way back here in this line like that. <laughs> yeah, he wilding. Nah, but man, I can't. I can't wait to go back to a concert, man. My favorite artist is gonna be J and B. And I done seen them enough. I don't need a vaccine to go see. Like, to be real, they ain't put out no new project yet for me to be like, damn, I got to go see them perform this right now. But knowing how J&B work, they can drop something at midnight today. That's just how they do it. And guess what? You still ain't going to do it. I'm going to watch that bitch on Netflix. <laughs> like I did Homecoming for Coachella. <laughs> I'm I feel you. I <laughs> I'll feel be you. all right. I hold off. I hold off.
Let a couple of y'all go out there. See how y'all get it. You see the numbers already up. And the numbers been going up for a little while now. They still mm-hmm. going up, aren't they? Yeah, we hit records like every day down here in South Florida. That is crazy. That is oh. absolutely crazy. Speaking of missing concerts, last night, as we record this on a Friday, we got the versus battle between Jeezy and Gucci. Title had put together a little playlist to kind of get you hyped for, for the Jeezy versus Gucci. And real talk, by the time I had played that, because I, I had gone into work and on my way home, I was bumping it all the way to the crib. Dog, the 06, the, my 06 self was hype as fuck. I wanted to come in here, put on a bucket hat, uh, a jersey, big white tee down to my knees. Like, I, I was ready to vibe the fuck out. Now, originally, we all know it was going to be T.I. versus Jeezy. And honestly, me and Frank were actually really hyped for that. When I found out that it was Gucci, I actually lost some hype, to be honest, because I felt like it wasn't going to be as much of a competition as it could have been. Um, as much as I thought T.I. was the, quote-unquote, the bigger artist between T.I. and Jeezy, I just felt like Jeezy had anthems that hit a certain way that I think he could go toe-to-toe a little bit more with T.I. than Gucci could with Jeezy. I agree with you. We were more excited when we when we thought the lineup was uh, Jeezy and T.I. And we even went on record a couple of podcasts ago saying that that was a, a lineup we wanted to see. Um, and I believe on that podcast, I went on record saying I think T.I. will beat Jeezy. But after listening to the songs Jeezy was playing last night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> after hearing the song Jeezy was playing last night... I realize how tough he is to beat. And I don't mean just for Atlanta rappers. I mean, rappers, period. Like, he had a lot of songs that resonated with the people. Did he even play My President's Black? I don't even think he played that. Dude, the biggest flex was the songs Jeezy didn't play. Do you... Okay, he didn't play My President's Black. Is He didn't play I Don't Seen It All with Jay-Z. He, he played didn't Seen play. It All. He played Seen he, It All. He didn't. Okay, I'll he take didn't that back. Play, he didn't play Corporate Thugging. He didn't play Go and Shake That Ass Bitch, I'm going to throw this money. <laughs> they was in a strip club. I told my wife, I'm like, they should play that song. I don't see why he don't play that song. They in a strip club. And he didn't even play it. Because he didn't need to. Like You're right. He didn't need to. But the thing is, with this particular versus, um, granted, you weren't excited about it from the competitive standpoint because you wanted another artist that could bring the same energy as Jeezy. However, I was excited about it because I understood the long-standing beef between the two artists, so I was happy to see them two in the same room. The thing was, I don't think they both approached this versus in the same manner. Jeezy approached this versus in a manner of how we think a versus should be approached. I'm going to play my best... A battle. Like a boxing match. Yeah, a battle. I'm going to put up my best against your best, and we see who who walks away. That wasn't the case in this particular versus. One guy was playing his best. The other guy was focused on sending a statement. So, again, if you was scoring this versus i'm pretty sure your scorecard looked real similar to marvin's if you follow us on twitter marvin was uh adamant about posting his score 18 one and one that's how i feel Jeezy by a landslide 
And, yeah, the, and I, the one that they shared was so icy. <laughs> I scored 18-2. And the reason I scored 18-2, I give the very first song to Gucci because I did not see a disc coming out the gate. I gave him points for that. And then the other one, the other point I give Gucci, I think Gucci got a better verse than Jeezy on So Icy. So I gave him that point. But other than that, he lost every. He lost everyone. I disagree with you on that. I think Jeezy that Gucci versus, has a better verse than Gucci. I think Jeezy has a better verse than Gucci on that song. On So Icy. Yeah. No. Nah. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. Okay. I respect like you. Like I said, opinion. it's I an just, opinion. I, I disagree. Like, when, <laughs> hey, as you're watching it, it's like. Were you at that party that got shot up when So Icy was playing? You talking about our graduation party? Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, real talk. When I'm watching the when I was watching the, the verses, right? I was like, hey, any of us who ever been at a party that's been shot up before, like we all nervous as fuck right now. Like you can feel the anxiety, like, hey, like this shit, like I'm vibing, but this shit can pop off at any minute. Like when 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 Gucci played the song, well, first Gucci was going like trying to he was antagonizing Jeezy all night to try to make it more all night. Than Oh, I got on $10,000. He got on that shit he was wearing. He been wearing since, you know, his first album came out. Oh, stop playing that old shit. Let's make this a jury versus. I got on $5 million right now. To which Jeezy responded, let's do a real estate versus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even on that old, oh, I got, I got on a $10,000 outfit. Which is why, you notice, Gucci never sat down. Because he had to make sure y'all saw his $10,000 outfit. He stood up the whole time. I'm uh, not gonna lie, that was a nice outfit. Was the color clean? The peanut butter, the peanut butter color clean? It was, it was very clean. clean. It peanut was butter looked good on, on, on us. Like those colors yeah. look good on our on our complexion. Granted. But just like Jeezy say he's like, I ain't got on the ten thousand dollar outfit, but I own half of Atlanta. That was That's to me. Flex. That was the flex. I was like, ah, damn, he got him. <laughs> he got him. <laughs> Because, to be honest, I was enjoying the night. Here's why I knew this was going to be a quicker versus than normal. Because in between most of the other verses where there's there's respect between both artists. I don't think there was a mutual respect. I think Jeezy was doing it for the culture and to dead the... Like, at his point in his life, he's past this shit. Right? Like, that's where... That's the, the vibe I got. I'm on my grown man shit. I'm past this shit. Gucci is like... Hey, I, I I accept that you, you know, I'm glad that you put this on for the culture, but I told you from jump, I'm going to play the shit I want to play. Right? Because he said that. And when, yeah, he played the, say. when he played the song about go go dig up your homeboy, you know, because, you know, you got killed. I mean, it is what it is. Like, and that's when Jeezy was like, hey, you know, I extended it. We came out. Let's let's just let's 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 dead this. Let's we don't got to keep doing all this back and forth, and and that's when like you can kind of see the turn start to happen because when Jeezy, I, somebody called him Preacher Jeezy when he got up there he did his little speech. He was walking back and forth and like he actually was like a little bit on some like grown man shit a little bit. And, and to be honest, I, I wanna I don't I'm not taking Jeezy side even though I think Jeezy clearly won the won the won the the verses. To be honest. I understand why Gucci feel away because somebody tried to kill him. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Like, that's hard to just like, 
I'm gonna just dead it and move on. Somebody tried to end my life, so I'm supposed to just be upward, respectful to the dude who tried to kill me on some street shit. I understand the thought process. I'm gonna play a clip to give reference to everything Marvin just mentioned because Marvin's on the money with everything he's saying. So to give you guys reference and understand where Gucci and Jeezy beef stems from, it stems from an incident that happened where one of uh, Jeezy's partners tried to kill Gucci and Gucci ended up taking his life. So here's the clip. Think about that, and you think like maybe I could handle that different, especially when you did like the diss record. He did, he he needs to be in the ground. Put his ass where he's supposed to be. He tried. That's the old Gucci still there. Nah, that's the truth, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody comes to you try to kill you. Yeah. You know, self defense, self defense. Mm-hmm. So somebody try to kill you, which you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do, what you gotta do. Absolutely. So that clip was Gucci basically saying he wasn't remorseful for taking this man's life because he felt he had to defend his own life. His hand was forced and he did what he needed to do to survive. And I honestly believe most people in his situation would feel the same way. If if you're in a position where you're where you're forced to make a decision, it's either my life or the person trying to take my life, you're gonna choose your life ten out of ten. It just so happened Gucci was in that scenario and he chose his own and he came out of that alive. I don't know the whole story behind it, whether it was an actual hit, because I hear two stories. I hear Jeezy sent someone to kill him or Jeezy sent someone to rob him and just take his chain. I don't know which one of those stories is true. The only thing I know is true is that Pookie was one of Jeezy's homeboys and now Pookie is dead. And at this point of the battle where you mentioned earlier, this is where I thought things were going to go left. Like you said, um, Gucci was throwing shots the whole battle, but it was one particular moment at the middle of the battle where Gucci performed um, one of his songs, excuse me, where Gucci performed one of his songs and the way he ended the song was, for lack of a better word, very disrespectful. I'm going to play the clip now. So after the song ends, you hear Gucci say, damn, put him in the dirt, smoking on Pookie Low tonight. That was the dude's name. For the most part, Jeezy, for the most part, Jeezy didn't say too much to Gucci. Ever, after every diss Gucci did, the most you got out of Jeezy was, I understand, I hear you. But after that particular diss, that's when Jeezy spoke up a little bit. And you can hear him as the clip ends. You can hear him say, I tell you what. And at that point, Jeezy is sitting down in his throne. Jeezy even got up to, to talk to him. And at the very next moment where that clip comes off, that's where this next clip starts. And this is what Jeezy says to Gucci. Here it is. You know what I'm saying? This shit about King Von. This shit about Dopey. This shit about Nipsey Hustle. This shit about motherfucking Pop Smoke, M3. And I'm real enough to do that, nigga. Because one thing about it, two things for show, three things for certain, nigga. And the rest, nigga, hit it. You already know In my opinion, besides the ending, the ending was was the highlight of the show, to see them perform together. But aside from that performance together, hands down, that right there was the hardest moment 
in the whole versus. Period. Because when Gucci sent them shots, I can't speak for you, but I know me. I was leaning back like, oh shit, shit finna go left right now. Because you Oh, it felt like that. Yeah, it felt like that. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like, oh shit, shit finna go left because you're now bragging about putting my homeboy in the dirt in front of 1.6 million people. That's just on Instagram. We ain't even counting the the Apple Music people yet. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, he's probably going to retaliate in some way now. But then when Jeezy gets up and says, look, I tell you what, and basically says, look, there's so much shit going on right now. We got to be bigger than this. The reason I extended this invite to you so we can be bigger men and move past this shit. And what I think was dope and slick about it at the same time, because it wasn't like Jeezy was lying. You knew that was the intentions behind this verses. But he also was a showman about it because as he's talking to Gucci, if you pay attention to his demeanor, he kind of like, kind of slumps down a little bit and you can see he's t- thinking to himself like, you know what, Jesus probably right. There is more shit going on and this is a bigger look for Atlanta for us to come together. But then the way Jeezy worked his way into that song, it, it told the purpose of why they was there. But at the same time, Jeezy incorporated and made that part of his performance in the verses. Oh, it was it was hard. Hey, it was hard. It was. I mean, we had some hard verses moments. One of my favorite is DMX rapping every line to the song "Bitches Ain't Shit." I thought that was a dope moment. But this moment, in my opinion, hands down, Babyface telling Teddy Riley that he don't do remixes was a good moment, but. This moment, hands down, takes the cake. It was. It's just the it transition. Was, again, honestly, though, I wish I would have seen them shake hands at the end of it. I but it did. It did. They spoke. They spoke enough. We didn't on. need it. We didn't need it, but I would have liked to see it. But then again, I understand that's still a lot of history between them. For them to even get on stage together, said a lot. That's so, bigger than a handshake. All in all, it, it, yeah. All in all, it was a do- and they actually did go to compound and. And party. Did you see the footage of them partying together at Compound? No, nah, I refuse to have watched that. Because when, when I heard them announce the Compound thing, I was like, so y'all, it's already enough of y'all in this room. Y'all are now inviting, y'all invited all of Atlanta to come to Compound. Oh, all of Atlanta was in Compound. Oh, of course. All of Atlanta showing up in Compound. Now, all of them black people going to go around they, they they grandmas and shit next week on Thursday. Kiss I didn't see feet. not one mask in Compound. Exactly. I didn't see not one. Compound was a super spreader event. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're probably right, though. No, I heard a nigga. I heard a nigga. It was a nigga dude who does like little skits and stuff on, on Instagram. He from Atlanta. And he was making a skit about hand sanitizer and shit. And he was telling people like, he don't got to give out hand sanitizer because they in Atlanta. You can't catch the shit. And I was like, what? Y'all really, y'all really think y'all in Atlanta, y'all can't catch COVID? I haven't been to Atlanta since. I haven't traveled anywhere since uh, the quarantine started. But from what I've heard about Atlanta, they say folks walking around with no mask, like it don't exist. Like they say Atlanta never shut down. Like that's probably why it was the epicenter at one point. It was like people were just moving freely. 
But yeah, that video of Compound was crazy. Like, I was like, damn, on a Thursday, none of y'all niggas got to go to work tomorrow? Oh, they calling out. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody. Yeah, they calling in the sick. Yeah, they calling out. Ain't nobody. Oh, definitely calling in sick. <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't nobody getting their AT&T bill paid at the call center. Because <laughs> everybody was in Compound. Hey, I'm going to ask you a legit question. You ready? I'm ready. I just want you to ballpark me your answer. Okay. Out of everybody in that room during during the verses, everybody who was in Magic City, just a ballpark number about how many of them niggas do you think got arrested today because they was on live and got caught up on some warrants? Say about nine. About nine? About nine. I was gonna say a solid eleven, but nine sounds like a like a safe number. Cause no, it's a nigga, it was a nigga right on there on Gucci side, sitting right there rolling up like. <laughs> right, right on the camera. Do what you got to do. Folks are wilding, man. Let me ask you this: Would you assume several people in that were strapped? I guarantee you, nobody in there had a gun. Really, you don't think so? I hope not. I don't think. Because imagine Smith- what the imagine what the tension was like when Gucci performed that song. Because, bruh, I don't think Swiss Beats would have allowed because of the, the true nature of that beef and how that right. beef ain't like settled or nothing like that it's still even at that moment it was still it was still beef i i, I guarantee you swiss like everybody got patted down like this ain't gonna be no this ain't no oh you can come in a club with your piece no ain't nobody in this bitch finna have a gun all right yeah, so the worst y'all gonna do is fist fight and throw hands as you want to because that's pay-per-view do what you want right. to do but Nah, cause I cause for him that'd be the end of verses like that. That fucks up your whole business. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, after seeing these two men who were feuding serious, who had a serious beef, come together on this versus stage, the conversation started floating around. What other beefing rappers do you want to see on a versus? Now, people started throwing out Jay Z and Nas. I don't agree with that. I, I honestly, I wouldn't care to see a Jay Z and Nas beef because they both came together. They did the song "Black Republican" and they've done plenty of songs together since. Yeah, it doesn't interest me to see them two together. No, um, I disagree with that. I personally would love to see Jay Z and Nas on the same stage, just two two former rivals celebrating one another. That's we talking two yeah, icons okay. of hip hop. I, th- I wouldn't. Mind I don't mean it. That. Yeah, I don't mind. If they did a versus, don't get me wrong, I would watch. But I'm talking about beef and rappers who who I feel still don't like each other come together. Like Jay-Z and Oz, I know they're cool with each other to a degree. I'm not going to say they're best friends, but I know they're cool with each other to a degree. So that's why that particular beefing duo doesn't pique my interest. Now, as two great artists, want to see them do a versus? Yes. But as two beefing artists, I don't want... I don't, they're not that high on my list. Now... I mean, 50 Cent and Ja Rule would be dope to watch, but they, 50 Cent already went on record that said he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it with Ja Rule. However, um, I did hear a report saying that 50 has agreed to do it with Game, and I know 50 in the Game beefed at one point. Now, would it be as interesting as him and Ja Rule? Not even close. But I still think those two will put on a good show. After after the tension I felt in last night versus, um, the next the next verses need to be a real R and B ass. Like we need a we need a, a cool, calm, collective versus just to gather our thoughts. 
we need last to bust the rhyme in Missy, that would be a happy, energetic versus. Or, I mean, we've heard rumors of Tribe Called Quest and Outcast. Either Bustin' Rhymes and Missy or Tribe Called Quest and Outcast. Either one of those two would probably be nice. I would love to see Buster Rhymes and Missy. I think that I would that'd love be that would be so dope. I want that'd that. That's the that's the one I really want to see. I want to see that one. That would be dope. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not necessarily hyped to see a Tribe Called Quest and an Outcast. I would love to see the only Outcast. Reason I together. brought that up because I heard that was rumored to come up next. I think Outcast is pretty much washing anybody that gets in front of them. But uh, I mean, I still appreciate it. Yeah, I watch it. I watch. I it. watch it. Yeah, but I, just, I don't think I it's gonna be to... much of a competition. I think Outcast will wash them. Yeah, I'd love to Outcast. see Big Boy and Andre in the same room because I. I have Andre Mostly, and- I would be watching it for Outcast. Don't get me wrong. I got Tribe Called Quest on my phone. I appreciate that. I love their music. But again, we're talking about Outcast. Oh, shout out to Atlanta. They were the real winners of last night's Versus. And shout out to Timberland and Swiss for putting it together. Shout out to Jeezy for asking T.I. to step aside and respectfully step aside and doing the Versus with Gucci. I think that was huge for not only their city, but the culture just... Music, period. That was uh, that was admirable. That was dope. Um, I mean, shout out to T.I. for... Cause, I mean, allowing it to happen, yeah. For, for seeing the bigger picture and saying, okay, cool. Because, I mean, versus not only is it a, a celebration of both artists, it's a good business move because guess what? I was streaming a lot of Jeezy all week. All these playlists and shit coming out, I'm sure they're going to get their streams. Jeezy released his album, The Recession 2. Gucci announced a project last night as well with a collection of all his, some of his favorite, uh, some of the favorite songs that people have for him. So it's a good opportunity. And for T.I., who just recently put out an album, to, to step aside and miss out on that, on that little bit of change, um, you know, it's commendable. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll commend him for that. Now, my question is, T.I. is still an artist I really want to see in Versus. I thought Jeezy would be his best competition. Now that Jeezy done perform, who would you put up against T.I.? I have absolutely no idea. None. I think I think somebody who's already gone and done a Versus, I think 2 chains and, and T.I. would have probably been a better match. Um, I, I think T.I. would wash him. Agreed. Agreed. I you know what? I think it probably would have been better for T.I. and Rick Ross, maybe. Although I think T.I. would beat Ross, too. But maybe that would be a better... Because con- Rick Ross made, in my opinion, Rick Ross made light work of 2 Chains. No, I think 2 Chains put up a better fight than Gucci. But then again, Gucci didn't get into it to put... Gucci has hits. He chose not to play them. Gucci wanted to play his street anthems because he went there for... Gucci has something to say. He went there to say it. He didn't go there for, to do a versus the way a versus is supposed to be done. What songs do you feel like Gucci could have played that would have made this a less lopsided victory by, by Jeezy? What songs? Go ahead. We're not me. doing that right now. Because you can't. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can. I'm just hey. choosing not to do it. To me, Gucci's biggest song is Wasted. And I like Wasted. I think Wasted is, is, is a fucking vibe. I love Wasted. It is, ain't it? It's Speaking of the song Wasted, you know who I think it would be hard to beat in the verses? You might not agree with me on this, but I think Plies would be hard to beat. 
I don't agree with you on that, but it's fine. I know you don't, because you're probably not thinking of all the songs Plies got. I get that Plies is I I, I just put them in but my top again, five. Let's let, come on now, hold on. I, I put them in my starter five. So let me not don't don't put me on that. Like I don't know his music. I know his music, but like I could you could name artists that could go toe to toe with Plies. Yeah, they're not like Plies are some elite ass artist. He's more elite than you would probably think, because the only artists you would probably think about that can beat him are artists like who are probably top three in their city. You're probably going to name somebody like T.I. You're going to name somebody like Missy or so forth. Plies is up there. Plies, he doesn't get, I don't think he gets the type of respect he deserves as far as being a rapper. He's hes really good. Hey, I'm not going to argue with you too much on that. All right, we're going to start a new segment called uh, Vibes of the Week, where we just going to uh, tell you what's been what's been in our heavy rotation. Uh, recently, we're gonna give you one classic vibe, and we're gonna give you like a little new vibe, a little new bop. So, Frank, go ahead, hit me with your classic vibe. So, the other day on Twitter, Stephen King asked a question. He says, "Name a song that, whenever you hear it, takes you back to the very first moment you heard it." And I responded to that tweet, and I told him it was Outcast, AT Aliens. Are you familiar with that song? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> well, you're, well, you might not know that particular song. I'm not. This oh, was. I love Outkast. I love Outkast. Okay. So, I remember when that song played, we was going to a church picnic at Amelia Earhart Park. I was in my brother at the time. He drove a black Jeep Cherokee. I remember every moment of that every moment of that day because of that song, because I kept asking my brother to play it again and again and again. And I can't pinpoint one thing about the song that made me a, just a complete fan of it. It was just everything about that song. I think I, I want to say that song was my introduction to Outkast. So as far as old school jams that I want to highlight on this segment, it's that song, Outkast, AT Aliens. On top of that, AT Aliens and Equimini are two of my favorite Outkast albums and probably two of my top albums all time. Where they rank on my list, they're both probably in my top five of albums all time. Albums all time, of anybody's albums. Anybody's mm. albums. That's, any that's genre, any genre, any person, just top albums all time. They're in my top five. Those two albums. Okay. Okay, uh, my classic vibe of the week um, is literally, I for some reason I've been I've been back on my Jay Z shit lately, um, but the one that's been in heavy rotation is like my favorite, my first favorite Jay Z song. It's not my top five. It's not even in my top ten now, but it was like my first favorite Jay Z song where I knew I was a fan uh, when I was young. Young, it was him and J D. Money and the thing. You know, Ferraris and Jaguars switching mm, folks. That was a good one. They had the yellow suits. I remember that. Hey, like, and I've been, for some reason, it's been, like, heavy rotation in the car. Top down, screaming out, money ain't a thing. You know why? Probably because, I don't, I mean, be real. I don't, I have, I drive an SUV. My top not down. But because it's a little cooler now, I've been able to let the windows down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I you know I be, I be I be singing that shit mad loud when I when that shit come on. That that's been that's been a heavy rotation for me lately. And that's probably the hardest man to beat in a versus. Jay Z. 
Agreed. No, I could put one other person up there with him. If we're talking rappers, if you just want to talk, rappers. yeah, yeah, rappers. Who, who I think do Drake could be think? hard to beat in a versus. Drake think, would be hard to beat in a versus. I think whoever whoever Drake goes up against, unless Drake, Drake goes could. up against Jay Z, that would be the only time I think it'll. But even then, like, and even the generational gap between the two of them, everybody's gonna have an opinion about who won. Like we all can, like as much as people really love Jeezy, I mean, or or really love Gucci. People can clearly say, hey, Jeezy won last night, right? Right. I don't think, I think if, and this is not a battle, a versus battle I want to see, but if Jay-Z and Drake did a versus battle, I think coming out of it, people are still going to have their opinions that Drake won and people going to say their opinions that Jay-Z won just because of the 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 divide between the generations. Because the younger kids are going to fuck with, going to fuck with, with, with Drake. It just is what it is. I disagree. Actually, I would like to see that just for the same purpose you just said. I would love to see all the conversations that happen afterwards. I will be biased and say Jay-Z would beat him. But don't get me wrong. I respect Drake's music. Drake has a ton of songs that that would resonate with a lot of people. And I mean, Drake's been at the top of his game for the past, what, maybe 10, 12 years? A decade. He's been on the top of rap longer than anybody's been on the top of rap ever. Minus one person. Nope. Who are you putting there? Jay-Z. Jay-Z wasn't always on the top of rap. Even in Jay-Z's hottest times, DMX had a moment. Even in Jay-Z's hottest times, Ja Rule had a moment. Even in Jay-Z's hottest Jay-Z times, never fell had a moment. Jay-Z never fell lower than maybe two or three. He's never fallen lower between two or three. I hear what you're saying, but we're talking about who's been on the top. And oh, so nobody's you're saying been Drake's on the been top. number one all this time. You're saying Drake's all always been the... All no. this time. No one's ever had... People have been people have been hot, but nobody took Drake off the, off, the, off, the, off the throne. Nobody. And I'm not just saying that as like a, a super Drake fan, but you could... You, Drake's decade is even Jay has said nobody's ever done what he's done. He's been on the top longer than anybody's been on the top. Well, if Jay says, and I guess I gotta agree with it. I mean, even with Jay being around now, he's what he's still probably in your top five, right? And he's probably the most consistent rapper, period. Because because Jay finally made it cool for niggas after forty to still be rapping. Because guess what? When LL Cool J was rapping at forty, we was like, bro, if you don't take your ass to Hollywood, we don't want to hear that shit. That bubble gun rap. Uh, give me your give me a new bop. My new bop. Um, my new bop is actually a song I discovered. Shit, I want to say maybe two days ago. Um, it's from a, a South Florida artist, Major Nine. He's actually from Liberty City. He went to the West, played for UM, got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, but he makes music. He has a song called Move featuring Sam Sneak. Dope song. I love it. I've been playing it on repeat for shit, the past two days now. Send that to me. Send that to me. I might have to stop and listen to that. Um, the one I bump all day today, and that's like my new bop, is that Almighty Black Dollar. Jeezy dropped his new, like the, the video came on right after the versus battle. It was Jeezy and Rick Ross. Oh, Bro. I didn't see it because I was watching the verses on Instagram. So if you was watching it on Apple Music, it played. Okay. Bro, when I tell you, 
it's something about Jeezy and Ross specifically when they're on a beat where it's like some horns or some shit playing in the background that I just think their voices just fit so perfectly for. Those are two rappers that do a great job picking beats. The beats they they choose to rap on. Oh yeah. They they got a they got a nice ear for beats. Both of them. So y'all when y'all get a chance go listen to that Almighty Black Dollar. That that shit that shit's right. All right, Frank, I think we got time for like one quick listener question. Okay, we got a listener question. Okay, listener asks, have you seen your childhood bully while you are out and about? If so, what was your first instinct? Um, To be honest, I never had a childhood bully. Now, there were people I beefed with, um, but that's all it was. I don't think we ever pieced it up. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily consider them bullies, just people I didn't like. Um, if I'm being completely honest, some of them people I still don't like. Some of them people I'm indifferent about. <laughs> hey, hey, ain't no with that. That's real. Yeah, and uh, when I seen them, um, it wasn't nothing really. Uh, it wasn't like we had we stared each other down or anything. For the most part, we just kept it moving. At that point, we were older. It, I guess the bad blood we had between each other kind of simmered down. So it wasn't like either one of us was looking at looking for a fight at that moment. So we just pretended as if we didn't see each other, although we know we saw each other. We just kept it moving in life. Like, all right, whatever. He, it is what it is. Um, for the people I didn't like, the times I did see, we weren't really close to each other. So it wasn't like, you know, there was something to be said or we had to be in close proximity where we had to walk past each other or something. So again, it, it made no difference. It was just like, okay, they're in the vicinity. It is what it is. But that was about it. I'm not gonna say I had like people I had like, I w- I never really had like a bully bully. I, I, I can't even really think of me being bullied like that. But I mean, like I had people who I like, I didn't get along with. Like, people I was, like, kind of indifferent about because, you know, they may have ranked or did whatever shit when we was younger. Um, so what did I do when I ran into those type of people? Um, when I got older, I, I I made a podcast with that bum-ass nigga. Um, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I made a podcast with that bum-ass nigga. No, me and Frank, so when I first met Frank, y'all got to understand, I'm, I was a private school kids. So I didn't, I was transitioning from wearing uniform my whole life. And and my transition to going into public school, like, yo, I had no, I had no swag about me. Like I had no, no, no true. I had like, I'm nowhere near the person I am now back then. Right. When I came over, Frank, uh, Frank was an asshole. Uh, And, you know, we used to have a certain, we had a class together back in the day called Marine Skills. But we just learned about marine animals and, you know, it was like the cool class to have in our middle school. Like you were like the shit, like people who were in that class, y'all got to go to the cooler field trips and shit like that. So, you know, people really wanted to be a part of that shit. So when I first met Frank in algebra, because my mom taught us algebra and in that other class, marine skills. But in marine skills, it was a little bit more freer. Right. We had. The teacher was the, the PE teacher. Miss Oliver. Shout out Miss Oliver. So Marine Skills was, was with the PE teacher. So it was a little bit more free. Like, you know, we had a little bit more fun. It was a little bit more. It's more relaxed environment. It was definitely a more relaxed environment. So, you know, we could rank and all that. 
And to be real with y'all, my ranking skills weren't up to par yet. So I really didn't engage in too much ranking at the time. But, you know, I had this, this asshole in the back with his homeboy asshole in the back, and them niggas could rank. Now, I was an easy target. I'm sure niggas used to rank them. So, you know, ranking food chain, I came after them. They got at me, but because of them, my knives were sharpened, and I came out fighting. By the end of the year, I was out there. I knew where to drop the certain, I knew where to drop a certain curse word in the middle of my rank. I knew to add an ass nigga at the end <laughs> by the time that shit was over. Because of them, you know, I knew, hey, when you first meet somebody, and this is bad because I take this into my, I take this into my day-to-day life now, which is crazy. And I, it's probably something I need to work on. When I first meet somebody, I look at the, I look at you up and down and I look at the, what's the one thing on this nigga or this lady that they super insecure about? And I already <laughs> write a rank in my head and I keep that bitch in the chamber, just in case. Cause you never know. <laughs> Cause you Man. never know. Nah, but like- school, I was, and I was horrible. I was mean to people for no reason. I was an asshole. Like if, I probably, the, probably the reason I didn't have a bully, because maybe I was the bully. And I'm not, I'm probably nah. not being completely honest nah, you with myself. You weren't a bully. You weren't a bully? Okay, good. I wasn't I definitely an asshole, though. I was oh, you was asshole. definitely an asshole. Hey, man, on that note, got anything else you want to bring to the table? Nah, man, we got So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be Frank. You can email us at the Samurai Professionals Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. You can follow our conversation with the hashtags that we'll be posting up soon and continue the conversation. Hit us up with any comments, questions, or even topic suggestions. You can reach me at Twitter and Instagram at I Can Only Be Frank. And Marvin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvin X Adams. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace.